Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the five key principles that I've discovered when it comes to creating demand for your products, your services, your programs, etc. So first of all, let's talk about the distinction between what I guess is traditionally thought of as lead generation and what I'm talking about here, which is demand generation. So first and foremost, like without getting too woo-woo on you, let's let's just think about the energy of those two phrases. To me, I'll tell you from my perspective, to me, the energy of lead generation, it feels like persuading, trying to talk people into doing business with you or, or, or coming towards you. And demand generation, just the energy of that phrase feels different to me. Um, so when I think about creating demand for a product, a service, a program, um, or even just for you know something that you're giving away for free, it, it feels more like you're setting out your stall with something really attractive and people are coming towards you. So it feels less like hard work and more like it happening easily, effortlessly. So um, I've been thinking about this more and more recently because I know a lot of people talk about lead generation and, and how can I get more leads for my business. And I guess my challenge to you is to start thinking about this in slightly different terms. How can I create more demand for my products, my services, my programs? Um, and I think first and foremost, there's a number of mistakes that people tend to make that I see a lot, um, which actually they're doing it to try and generate leads or create demand. But in actual fact, these things that I see people do has the opposite effect. Um, so the first one is they, they either give away their time or their product or whatever it is they're offering for free or they're undercharging for their product services and programs. So effectively by either giving away too much for free or by undercharging for your products, your services, your programs, it, it devalues what you've got. And therefore, the consequence of that, of course, is when something doesn't have value, when people don't see the value in something or the perceived value is low, there's, there's no demand for it. So in order to, I know that it feels like that by giving, you know, coaching sessions, a lot of our clients or people that uh, that I know, they, they might give away coaching sessions or, or, or strategy sessions, things like that for free. My concern with doing that is that actually it devalues. If what you're trying to sell is coaching and you're giving away the first session for free, to me, it devalues the coaching and therefore, you know, um, you're less likely to create demand for it. So um, I think you need to be very careful and consider what you're going to give for free what you're going to charge for your products, your services, your program, something that I do. Um, I offer a strategy call for anyone who's interested in enrolling in my mastermind. Um, and the strategy call is free, but I, I, I ask people to pay a £500 refundable deposit. So that means that, first of all, I know they're going to show up for the call. And secondly, they're at least somewhat interested in joining mastermind. And on that call, I do genuinely consult with them and give them strategic advice and guidance on their business but we're both very clear like that before they join the call it's a conversation about becoming a client and 
they've paid a £500 refundable deposit, so effectively it just gets rid of any tyre kickers um, that we might come across. The, the other mistakes I see people make which cause them to repel clients instead of creating demand um, is that they just don't stand out in what is a crowded marketplace. They're, they're just a life coach or they're just a business coach or they're just a personal trainer. Um, and there's so many people out there doing the exact same thing and as great as you might be at it, from the outside, everything just looks the same. So, um, and there's a whole other section, I guess, um, if you haven't yet listened to an earlier episode of this podcast about the power of extreme. It's one of our first episodes. Uh, make sure you listen to that episode because it talks a lot about how you can stand out in a crowded marketplace. Um, and I think finally, the other mistake I see people make a lot, which causes them to repel clients instead of creating demand, is... They don't sell benefits. They're selling features. So as an example, maybe when they're selling a lot of our clients, our coaches, consultants, etc., they're selling time. They're selling here's how much it costs per session um, or, or maybe not quite that bad. They're selling um, here's how much a, a block of sessions costs, but still they're selling time. And um, remember, when somebody purchases your product, your service, your program, they're not buying the features, they're buying the result, the benefit. So um, in order to create more demand, focus your marketing on end result, on what the product, the service, the program is going to do for them ultimately. What's the end? The product, the service, the program is just the means. You've got to sell the end. Um, so those are the mistakes that I think, first of all, you need to overcome if you're going to create greater demand. And, and you know, these five key principles that I've identified to create demand for your product services and programs um, are how we've, we've tested these in many, many different markets. It's how we've sold over 4,000 tickets to our Expert Empires events in the last few years alone. Um, it's how we've secured big six-figure contracts. Um, me and my business partner in the Elite Closing Academy, my other company, Matt, um, we, we recently did a, a multi-six-figure contract with a big company in the States. They came to us, not the other way around, because we use these five principles to create demand. It's how I got the podcast that you're listening to right now to number one uh, in the business category on Apple, on iTunes, um, when it launched, was using these five key principles. So um, without any further ado, let's dive in. So the first key principle of creating demand for your product, services, and programs is your personal brand. So the personal brand is crucial um, as I said, if you don't stand out and you're in a crowded, competitive market, if you don't stand out, um, you've got no chance of creating demand. What will happen is at the very, you've, the best chance you've got, if you don't have a personal brand that stands out and that's different, the best chance you've got is generating leads and that's going to be either A, very expensive or B, a lot of hard work. And again, the energy that's required to do it, it's challenging, it's difficult. Um, whereas if you've got a personal brand that sets you apart from everybody else in your market. Um, and again, if you listen to the earlier version or the earlier episode of this podcast titled The Power of Extreme, um, that will give you some great pointers on how you can stand out in a crowded market. And some of the things that I've done, of course, to build personal brand, which in turn means that we get inbound inquiries through social media, through our emails, um, where people come to us and ask about our mastermind programs. People come to us and buy tickets for our events because they've heard such great things. And the way that we've done that is through 
a number of things. So the way that we built the personal brand initially was through running expert empires and associating my personal brand with the personal brands of people that were already well-known, like Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and Dr. Andrea Pennington, world-famous, world-renowned experts. That's how we built the personal brand. Of course, more recently, creating the Empire Builders podcast has been a big part of building my personal brand. Um, to give you an example that's not me, because uh, you know I've been doing this a long time, what if you're just starting out? So um, my business partner, Matt Elwell, uh, wrote a book called Open With A Close. And that book is now in the first, it's only been out a few months um, and has sold in excess of 2,000 copies in the first few months. That elevated his personal brand from, to be honest, relatively unknown in the industry, especially when it comes to being a sales trainer, to now becoming very well known. And you know, people are speaking about him in the same breath as someone like Grant Cardone, who's been building his personal brand for many, many years and has invested fortunes in doing so. So personal brand is critical if you want to create demand for your products, your services, your programs, because ultimately what it will do is it will create demand for access to you. The second thing, the second key principle of creating demand is then what are the promotional strategies you use to actually do the marketing? So, you know, again, this is where people jump to straight away. They're like, well, you know, what can I what lead magnet shall I use to generate leads? So you got to do personal brand first, but then the promotional strategy you use, there's a few key principles here. The first one is that whatever, and by the way, there are any, there are hundreds of different things you could do to promote yourself. You could create a Facebook group and get a load of people in there. You could run a webinar. You could build an email list. You could run a podcast. You could write a book. All of these things are great strategies to promote yourself. Um, but there's a few key principles here. The first one is whatever your thing is, whether it's a book, a podcast, a Facebook group, a video series, whatever it is, it's got to stand out and be different. You've got to find a way. And this sits perfectly with point number one about personal brand has to be different. Um, so you can't just do, um, I'll give you a great example, actually, a current example, uh, a lady called Tracy Cartland Ward, shouting her out here on the podcast. She's one of our mastermind members. She recently started a Facebook group. She's a property mentor, or she's just starting out as a property mentor. She's been in property for many, many years, done really well. Um, and so we decided to use a Facebook group as her promotional strategy. We figured if we can get everyone in one place and she can serve them, um, then she'll be able to turn those people, she'll be able to create demand for her mentorship, her mastermind program. Um, so we decided to create a Facebook group, but look, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there teaching property stuff. So what can we do that's different? And she went, well, look, you know, I'm a woman. There aren't that many women who have been, who are property mentors and have been highly successful in property. It's a more male dominated industry. Um, by the way, that doesn't mean that women can't be successful in property. I really believe that women can be successful in many different disciplines, property, business, speaking, you name it, but there just aren't as many and there should be. So um, Tracy created a Facebook group specifically for women only that wanted to succeed in property. Now, as far as I'm aware, there aren't any other communities in the property space that are for women only. So doing that, first of all, um, gave her something that was different. So it's like, hey, if you're a woman in the UK and you want to um, grow your property business, this community is for you, where you can connect with other women who are doing the same thing. So she had a different hook from the start. 
The second piece of creating a great promotional strategy here is to have one focus. So direct all of your attention to promoting that one thing. So Tracy was not trying to promote a book, a podcast, a video series, uh, you know, connect with people on LinkedIn and do a Facebook group all at the same time. Literally for the last two months straight, all she's done is promote a Facebook group. It's like she does content out on her Facebook profile, out on email, she does it all over the place, but always the focus is join the Facebook group. If you're a woman in property, you wanna get around other women and you wanna learn from me personally, join the group. And in a very short space of time, I think we're talking a couple of months max, she's managed to get that group from zero to over 500 members, nearly 600 members now. Um, and so I suppose the third part of promotional strategies is then how do you drive traffic? And there are loads of different ways you can do that. You can do it through email uh, contacts. You might not have a database, but just using your email contacts. Um, you know, sending people messages that you're already connected with on social media, sending people WhatsApp or text messages, um, utilizing other groups, utilizing your LinkedIn profile, your Instagram profile, forming joint ventures, collaborating with other people um, who have already got audiences who are influential in your field. There's so many different ways you can do it, but the key is to have something different. In Tracy's case, it was a Facebook group for women in property and then drive all all your attention for a prolonged period of time needs to be driving towards that one thing. Third principle of creating demand is how you package and price your product services and programs. So it, it's crucial. We talked earlier, one of the big mistakes I mentioned was people either um, undercharging or giving their time or their product away for free, undercharging, massive issue, and selling time rather than results, massive issue. So this third principle solves both of those problems. So when you're selling a product or a program, um, I'll use Tracy as an example again, since we've used it already. So Tracy's not selling, um, you know, hey, you can get a property mentoring session with me for a hundred quid, one off. She's selling a package of coaching in one-to-one format and in group over a 12 month period. And so doing that gives you, first of all, a far better chance of getting the kind of income that you want, that you deserve, but also it gives you a great chance of getting the client a result because you've got ongoing support and it raises the perceived value of her expertise. So she's creating more demand. And by the way, um, already, I spoke to her this morning, this is why it's fresh in my mind, she's already had 48 people uh, in the last couple of days since she announced that she was launching this program, 48 people um, book a call with her saying they're interested in joining. Um, so don't know what the result's going to be yet, but I think it's fair to say it's going to be a pretty storming one because she's selling a package and it's priced accordingly rather than selling individual products. Um, so having... Even if you're selling not services like coaching or mentoring or whatever, having a package to sell that meets the client's needs, way more effective than just selling a product in isolation. Principle number four of creating demand for your product services and programs is your sales process. So I think the mistake a lot of people make and it repels people away from them is they're trying to dive into the sale too soon um, and it's off-putting quite frankly I mean we've, I'm sure we've all had the experience you walk into I don't know a car showroom and straight away the second you walk through the door the salesperson's on to you um, and it just doesn't feel good it actually does the very opposite 
of creating this demand experience that we're trying to create. Um, and so our sales process is very simple but effective and it has four phases to it. The first phase is serve. There has to be in the first instance before you can get into a sales conversation, got to find a way to serve first. And again, you want to do this balancing the fact that you don't want to give away lots of time or your product for free or low cost, but serve first. The second stage of this process is what I call seed. And most people don't talk about this. The seed part of the process is as you're serving to be seeding, signposting, making people aware of the product services programs that you have available. So often, I've done it in this very episode without really thinking about it. I've talked about Tracy and uh, her success that she's had with a Facebook group as part of our mastermind program. So, you know, I'll talk about mastermind. I guess um, this is something we've done, I think, very, very well. The feedback we get from our expert empires events is great around this is that we're never selling like hard selling a mastermind program, for example, but it's always in your awareness. It's always seeded. So it's like, if you want it, you can come and find out more and purchase it, but it's never being rammed down your throat. And I think that's the the balance between serve and seed um, so that people can come towards you. The serve and the seed creates that demand. Then people can come towards you and say, hey, tell me more about, we get emails, we get messages on social all the time. People just saying, hey, tell me about your mastermind. Um, and that's because we've served and seeded um, well, um, and then actually selling and closing, which are the final two parts of the sales process that we use. Selling and closing is easy. Um, when some selling to somebody that wants to buy is easy. Closing somebody that wants to buy is easy. But selling to somebody that's like cold, they're not. You haven't sufficiently created a demand. That's hard. That's where you start to get into a conversation or an interaction that feels like persuasion it doesn't feel good to them or to you so serve seed sell and close using that four-step process for your sales um, will make it infinitely easier and more comfortable for you and for your potential client or customer and then the final piece the fifth uh, principle of generating demand is actually the experience the client experience or the customer experience that you create um, so the more people can feel, when they become a customer or a client of yours, the more that they can feel they're part of a community, the better experience they're going to have and the more likely they are to become a long-term repeat customer, the more likely they are to refer, to introduce their friends, to speak highly of you. And you know, in doing that now, it's probably more effective now than it's ever been. You do a great job on client experience. People talk about it on social media. On the flip side, you do a bad job of this. People talk about it on social media, probably even more than they do if they have a good experience. So um, creating a community feel where people can connect. I really feel that um, connection is key in the client experience, both connection between your business and the client and also between your clients. So the more you can do to create that bond, that connection, obviously we run events. So getting people physically to attend live events to be part of the community is very, very effective. Um, doing it online, you know, having a Facebook group or some kind of online community helps massively. Um, and then utilizing 
the results, obviously getting the result, um, as we said before, you know, people aren't really interested in the features of your product service program. I mean, they need to know them for logical reasons so they can buy, but actually what they're really buying is the result or the solution to their problem. Capturing those results, those wins, if you like, for your client that they've, that they've achieved um, through consuming your product, your service, your program, that is gonna be the best tool in your armory for creating demand. Um, utilizing them, we do it all the time. We have members of our mastermind speak on stage at Expert Empires and they share the amazing results they've got. They teach valuable content to our audience. It's the best advert. It's way better than any slick sales pitch I could possibly do for my program because they're walking, talking examples of how great the program is. Uh, and so I think getting, making sure that your clients get results, obviously, and that the product or the service delivers on what you promised is critical, but then capturing and shining a light on those results, on the successes that your product services and programs bring um, creates, first of all, an amazing experience for the client, but it's the best marketing you could ever create. Um, and the final piece, I guess, on creating an amazing client experience is remember this, that no matter what you sell, that at the highest level, all you're ever really selling is a feeling. That when somebody purchases your product, your service, your program, yes, of course, they're interested in the features and the benefits and the result it's going to get. But remember, it doesn't matter what the result is. It doesn't matter if the results... Um, let me use a few examples of clients that we work with. So it doesn't matter if the result is... Um, in Tracy's case, she's a property mentor. If the result is build a property portfolio and become financially free. Why does somebody want to become financially free? So they can experience a feeling. That feeling might be to them certainty, security. That feeling to them might be freedom. They can do whatever they want, but they're buying a feeling. When somebody is purchasing a fitness program from a personal trainer or a nutritionist, what are they buying? Yes, of course, they want help to get in shape, to lose weight, to build muscle. Why? so that they can have greater self-confidence, so that they can um, look good when they're on holiday, whatever the thing is for them. Why? Because they want to feel a certain way. And I, I feel like a lot of businesses get this completely wrong. They're selling products and services and features rather than feelings. Um, and I think, you know, the greatest companies in the world do this brilliantly. They sell feelings. They make you feel a certain emotion about their products and service. And that is what creates demand. So I hope you enjoyed this latest episode all about how to create demand for your business, for time with you, for your products, your services, your programs. Please feel free to share this message on social media if it resonates with you. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you on the very next episode next week. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect. <laughs>